Good evening and welcome to Culinary Stories of Chicago, our monthly Zoom meeting. And tonight we're gonna present uh, one of Chicago's culinary icons, Gordon Sinclair. Tonight uh, we have Gordon here. Uh, the reason we have Gordon is because about, was it over a year ago, there was a wonderful event held for Ina Pinckney and Ina, I believe you're on, on tonight watching. So it's kind of because of you for triggering off the whole system that brought Gordon to us. Uh, there was an event held at Theater on the Lake and uh, for, for Ina and like the top chefs in Chicago were there. And I came to that and who was there but Gordon. And I couldn't believe it because I'd seen him years ago. Well, you thought I was dead. I did, <laughs> I did. I thought, is this an apparition? I know it's a it's an exaggeration. My existence is that I it's died a few years ago. Or a hologram. A I, I saw. <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to you. I, I was talking to you, Gordon, and you said that you were. Uh, you did. You did actually say that you're. You, you're still alive. So I thought, well, as long as he's alive, we got to get him sometime for. Yeah, before it's too late. I agree. Absolutely, <laughs> it was time sensitive that we got you. Yeah, so, you have to get me now. I'm not going to have an open casket. No, but but I hope I'm around because you're going to be around till at least a hundred, from what I've. Oh seen. yeah, yeah, I have that plan. Yeah, I I think so, but uh, anyway, we're thinking about that and thinking about that, and then uh, this wonderful Chicago food writer, uh, Michael Gebert, uh, we found out interviewed Gordon for a book that he's coming out with on the on an oral history of Chicago's restaurants. Mike is writing that for Agate Publishing. And he just had done an interview with, with Gordon, which we which Kathy told me about. And I thought, well, he'd be the perfect person to bring out the life of Gordon from Gordon. So Mike is here tonight and he's gonna interview Gordon for us. I'll tell you a little bit about Mike and Mike is then going to give you a little bit about Gordon's background and proceed to grill him for us. So Michael Gebert is one of Chicago's leading. I, I, I'm usually sauteed. I'm, I'm rarely ever grilled. <laughs> what are you sauteed or? Oh. I'm generally sauteed or, or poached. And oh. well seasoned. Yes. Yes. The poaching yeah. has. Yes. It's done you well. <laughs> but Mike is one. Well, of this is for all my viewers out, out there. This is what. Uh, what 85 looks like, and uh, uh, I'll be up one more on June 22nd. Wow, and yeah, no, who's, who's your plastic surgeon? Oh, oh, it's a group. It's a group. One works on one half of the face, the other works <laughs> on ears. It's uh, quite a melange of, uh, of expert surgeons. Well, along with our information on how to sign up for membership, uh, which is in chat, Oh, I, I didn't mention about membership. I'm sorry, I'll do quickly. This is like public television. Right now we're doing our Zoom programs for free uh, public television. We used to have monthly meetings. Uh, now you're on TV. Okay, on TV. somebody's talking. So if, if somebody, whoever's talking can stop. Uh, we used to have our programs on monthly meet. And as many of you know, uh, we charged for membership and members got in free and we would charge five dollars to come to the meeting and we'd have food samples uh but that and we would do book sales too from from our authors 
So that's how we raised our funds. Right now, we're not raising any funds because of the pandemic. We're just doing these programs live for free. So if you'd care to become a member and help support us, it's $36 a year. Um, and feel free to sign up for membership and you can find out more about membership by clicking on chat. But anyway, I'll get to Michael's, uh, Michael Gebert's introduction. Anyway, Mike is one of Chicago's leading food writers and food media professionals. He is editor and publisher of Fooditor, F-O-O-D-I-T-O-R, which won a Peter Lissiger Award for Best Independent Blog in 2019. And I would recommend that you folks uh, Google Fooditor, F-O-O-D-I-T-O-R, and you can sign up. It is for free. It's wonderful. It gives wonderful insight into what's going on in Chicago's food world. Anyway, um, Peter has written, uh, Mike, Mike has written for the Chicago Reader, Chicago Magazine, Plate, and other publications, and as video producer for the Reader's Key Ingredient Chef Challenge series, he's won a James Beard Award. He won a James Beard Award in 2011, and he's been nominated two other times for his video work. He's currently working on an oral history of Chicago restaurants, again, as I mentioned, for Agate Publishing. So we're honored to have you, Mike, interview Gordon, and we're honored to have Gordon. So Mike, would you take, take, take over the show? Thanks. Okay. Welcome. Um, yeah, Kathy, could you just quickly put up my pictures there? Sure. Um, so yes, please uh, check out uh, Fooditor, which looks like this. And check out your website. Yeah. So fooditor.com. Um, did it share? No, it did not. Oh, I'm sorry. Just keep talking. I'll make it okay, share. Anyway. Um, but I'm also working on this oral history of Chicago restaurants, and that has a page on Facebook. So if you have, you know, if, if anyone wants to participate, uh, yeah, so there's Fooditor, um, you know, or, or thinks they, they would be uh, worth interviewing. I see a couple of people I've interviewed uh, here in the audience tonight. Um, look for the page Chicago Restaurant Oral History Project. That's in lieu of having an actual name for this yet, which I don't. Um, but uh, that's where I uh, kind of is a central place for now for information about, uh, you know, how I'm looking for people to talk to and, and all of that. Um, anyway, on to Gordon. So uh, one of the first people that I wanted to talk to was Gordon Sinclair. Um, you know, you can't ever say anything is first. There's always a, uh, you know, there's always something that came before something. Um, actually, uh, Al Jolson didn't even make the first sound film with the jazz singer. There's a, there's a sound film that he's in that's before that. And if that isn't true, then nothing's true, you know? So, um, but I think you can safely call Gordon, Gordon the restaurant and Gordon the man, you know, an important uh, step on the way to our modern restaurant scene. Uh, his restaurant, Gordon, you know, kicked off a whole restaurant scene in River North, but also uh, is kind of the beginning of new American cuisine in, in Chicago in the 1970s. And really began an era of, you know, kind of see and be seen restaurants there. So that's what we're going to dive into tonight. Uh, welcome, Gordon. And uh, is it time to smile? Sure. Okay. So those pearly now, whites. I'm on. 
you are I'd like to, I'd like to introduce Freddie. Hello, he's Freddie. Going, he's uh, he doesn't speak, but he does uh, bark, but he won't be barking tonight because he's already been fed. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go back. So you were working for the Tribune and we're not necessarily planning to be a restaurant person. Uh, right. Tell us that story, how you got into the restaurant business. Well, I had been working uh, for Mr. Nixon's Volunteer Army uh, back when uh, it used to be a draft. And when he, when he dissolved the draft and started uh, the Volunteer Army, I was the head of the PR effort, uh, working with the Department of Defense and, <clears throat> and all the military services. So uh, and had uh, and had PR people in 275 locations that I had to keep track of. Uh, then I got wooed away by the Tribune, who had seven people uh, to interview me, including the late great uh, Aaron Gold, and um, and then uh, with it was less than a year, I believe. I'm not sure, but I think it was less than a year. I got fired and they said the reason uh, why I got fired was because I couldn't spell. Well, I said, pity is the man who can only spell a word one way. And um, I, it wasn't because I couldn't spell. I think it was because I wore a puff hanky in my, in my tailored suit and uh, they weren't uh, into the gay, gay scene. They were homophobic and so I got canned. No, that was a terrible, terrible thing to experience. And it wasn't until two years later that I opened up Gordon. Now you, uh, when you were looking, thinking, thinking of things to do, I know you went to work for a restaurateur named Eugene Sage or Gene Sage, who had yes. uh, Mon Petit and another other restaurants uh, near the Ambassador East. Uh, yes. Tell me about, and that was kind of an example, it's a good demonstration of what the restaurant scene was like in Chicago then. What were his restaurants? Yes, he had a very busy uh, watering hole or saloon, we could call it, that was along uh, East Lakeshore Drive in one of those buildings. It was called Sage's East. And um, I didn't, I worked there just one shift. And then I was taken over to be trained as a captain in Mont Petit which uh, Mon Petit was across the hall from Eugene's restaurant. And it was in the, uh, what is now the uh, Churchill uh, condominium. It used to be the Churchill Hotel, but yes, across the street from the Ambassador East. And I, in a tuxedo, I got, uh, I got so I was responsible for, uh, I wore the wine, uh, the sommelier's cup around. I knew nothing about wine. I'll tell you a story about that if you'd like. But um, I had to uh, fillet the fish and uh, make from scratch uh, in a wooden bowl, the Caesar salads and, uh, and the uh, salad Louis. And, uh, but I was very good using the back of a spoon to debone, uh, get the meat of a, of a uh, flounder. Um, what's the fish I'm trying to think of? Dover sole. Yeah, the Dover sole, thank you, off of the bone. And you do that with a with a tablespoon. So I uh, I was feel I felt good at that. And the reason I asked for the job was uh, because I thought if I'm going to open a restaurant, I, I should uh, become a waiter. Well, that's not what you should be. 
That's not what you should do. I could never be a waiter, actually. I was only good as a sommelier and a and a captain. That uh, uh, being a waiter, I couldn't remember anything. Um, back to the story in Gordon is if I went to a table because the waiter was in the weeds and went to take the drink order, and it was a four top, let's say, and uh, I went without a pencil and paper and uh, took their order and. Uh, went up to the bar and then the, the, the waitress uh, went over and uh, said, can I take your drink? Oh, Gordon already took our drink order. And she said, oh, she won't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and so you, uh, you connected with uh, an invest or- Well, I uh, formed a corporation. Right. And I raised, um, yeah, I formed a corporation and uh, Sinclair and Associates, Inc. And I only raised, uh, well, I was selling shares at $600 a share. My largest shareholder and also one of my best friends uh, invested uh, uh, 6000 So he was a major shareholder, but only 44000 And with that 44000 I only bought one piece of new equipment. Everything else I bought at auction or restaurants that had closed. And the piece I bought new was the three door Perlick uh, refrigerator behind the bar. So it looked like uh, first class. But if you saw everything in the back, it was pretty old, including the dishwasher, dishwasher. So you, you wound up in River North. What was River North like then? Well, uh, yeah, I had spent, after I left the Tribune, I had spent all that time, uh, I'd gone to a dinner party that a friend had, and uh, I, I met uh, one of the fellows at the table, and uh, he was going to, uh, being an only child, he was going to invest in a restaurant downtown after he and his parents sold their grandfather's uh, grandmother's restaurant in Palatine that had a parking lot around it. So it was very, very, very much for banquets. And, um, and he and I uh, would become partners. Well, then they didn't sell the restaurant. Uh, um, what was the peanut farmer's name? Uh, President uh, Carter. Carter and money, believe it, was climbing to 22%. So nobody could borrow money to open a restaurant. So, uh, I mean, to buy their restaurant. So he, he moved to New York and opened up the stationery store. And I formed a corporation and raised money and got 44,000 and, uh, and the rest is all history. But I, I, I would not have become a restaurateur in the spot that Gordon opened in, in 1976 had it not been for two of the fellows that were at that dinner party. Um, uh, John Matthias and Larry McCure. They were uh, decorators, furniture designers, and uh, they were the ones pushing. And they said, oh, we've got just the location for you. It's on Clark Street. They're across from the old Gold Coast uh, Leather Bar. And I said, oh, I know, but geez, who's going to come to that location? It's so low in the heel. So uh, they pushed it, and I opened up between a dirty bookstore and a currency exchange in 1976 and did most of the work myself. So Kathy, show that picture of what it looked like before Gordon got there. 
Yeah, I think I had the outdoor shots of that uh, before we expanded into the dirty bookstore. <laughs> I think that was about three or four years uh, later. The famous 500 Lounge, was that? Yeah, yeah, that was that's it. Time. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's in the old St. Regis Hotel where rooms were by the hour. Many had a hot plate. But uh, then uh, my landlord, uh, uh, Freeman, Albert Freeman, uh, bought that building and converted it to a to a uh, office building where you could rent a space or an office, which I think uh, became very popular in the last about ten years ago. All right, so that was so. Yeah, River North was the. Uh, Clark Street flop houses then. Um, yeah. And it had, uh, like you the said, adult, adult bookstores and gay bars and the baton and things like that. But there was also spillover from the merchandise mart in terms of, of decor businesses and things like that, which is- Big customers, big customers. Yeah. Um, so people- people felt bold enough to arrive in a taxi and dash from it into Gordon. Yes. Hold the taxi. This doesn't look good. <laughs> and you could only see in that you couldn't see in through the windows. The shades were pulled, but uh, you went to a, through a couple flip-flop doors and the glass pane on the heavy door was painted out and only the letters Gordon, you could look through. So, Come on. Yes, yeah, so it did. Like? It did look pretty fabulous when you got in. Yeah, what did it look like inside? Say it again. What did it look like inside? Well, it was only uh, 12 feet wide and 60 feet long with a old uh, uh, white and uh, black uh, emblem, uh, emblem uh, what do you call it, uh, tile floor. And um, or what we thought were black painted walls. Um, yeah, there is uh, that. Well, that's no, that's five hundred. That's the second Clark. Gordon. Yeah, that was the second Gordon. But um, one Saturday morning, and this is uh, this is unbelievable. On Saturday morning, I was down there in the cold, and trying to clean the walls of the wooden, uh, get that black paint off of there, and I couldn't do it. So I I ran across the street. There used to be a uh, paint hardware store across uh, there on Grand, and I got some paint stripper. I put it on, and I'm talking on the phone. It was not a cell phone. We didn't have them, but it was on a long cord, and I was standing on the wall that I just uh, put that goop on, and at the moment I put the scraper to the wall, up above the Gordon windows that we saw in the original picture there, uh, they were all covered with uh, plywood and one flew open and the sun came right down to that spot. And as I scraped it off, my God, it was rosewood. So that upscaled everything because I was going to keep the counter and have you come in and have a cocktail at the counter and then wait for one of the six uh, precious tables. So um, 
How did, I mean, how did people discover Gordon? How did it take off? Uh, by the, uh, by the hairdressers across at the leather bar across the street who told all their customers. And uh, so everyone from, uh, everyone uh, got out of their chairs after their hair was done and made a, made a reservation at Gordon. <laughs> Now, what was the food like then? I mean, I think one of the problems in talking about restaurants that were influential is that the food kind of becomes commonplace after a time because they're influential. So yeah. what was it that was so exciting back then? Well, um, the day that I opened, which is uh, maybe a, uh, a, a bad omen, was that the day I uh, I had selected a chef who was the chef in the kitchens of the of the French and French restaurant and uh, in the in the Churchill Hotel in Eugene's and uh, so I hired him but he quit before I opened <laughs> so already the the uh, the 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 revolving door of Gordon's kitchen began before I even opened. So, uh, and it went on until finally after 24 and a half years, I closed, I had had, um, I had, I think it was 17 chefs, but that gave the vitality to Gordon. And I won't forget your question. I hope that you asked, but it gave the vitality of Gordon because each new chef had to be interviewed, had to be reviewed by the press, including yourself. So, um, but the food was, uh, well, I didn't have any appetizers. You either had soup or salad, and I only had one salad dressing. It's one that I got reading the, uh, what's that uh, rag that is uh, uh, 7th Avenue clothing? Uh, women's Wear uh, Daily. Yeah, Women's Wear Daily. Thank you. Thank you. Women's Wear Daily, Michael, and I, uh, there was a, uh, restaurant that um, was out at um, the oh the uh, resort area any outside of New York City, so I stole that. It was a it was an oil vinegar mustard uh, vinaigrette a mustard vinaigrette, and I used nice I didn't use head lettuce, and uh, then I had uh, seven I think six entrees. So you had uh, you had fish chicken I had veal then from uh, an organic. Uh, uh, producer in uh, uh, out east somewhere, and um, and then I had the floralist chocolate cake, which John Turzak uh, brought, and um, and the fabulous uh, coconut uh, Bavarian cream with vanilla sauce or chocolate sauce, and uh, and uh, bread pudding, and uh, I forget oh the um, flat not the floralist chocolate cake I mentioned that but a lemon souffle. Fallen souffle, not hot. It was cold, but hot butterscotch sauce. Fabulous. Well, I remember so, one, of the, one of the things you told me was that people could get macaroni salad with their uh, Well, I didn't. Yes, and very good, Michael. I didn't have a deep fryer. So I couldn't have, I couldn't have uh, uh, French fries. So if you got a hamburger, you got a macaroni salad. Well, that seemed pretty odd, but it was also, you know, 
Nobody bought, nobody criticized it. They all liked it and thought it was very novel. Yeah. So, um, and it took off quickly then. I mean, you had... You had yeah, it did. Uh, the first night, I had 36 uh, customers. That's all I remember. <laughs> the first night. And, um, and then the... Um, that... That when I lost the chef, I had to put out lunch that next day. It was on a, I think it was on a Monday, and uh, one of the things I had on the lunch menu was a Mexican omelet, which was uh, you know fried beans, sour cream, and the uh, rancho sauce, or uh, and it was uh, you know people loved it. And now I think of it, it was a damn good item to have on, but I did that. That was the 36. Now I'm remembering you have to, you know, this is 20 years ago and I closed. So it's 45 years. So, and I'm talking about an item on the menu. Um, so that, uh, that, uh, uh, the food was very continental at the time. Uh, and then it became more California with, uh, with, uh, Jeremiah Towers, uh, Im uh impression on the, uh, upscale restaurant business. Um, but I tell you, it was all by the seat of the pants. I knew so little. I, 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 it's amazing. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a bar bank. So I used to take all the money off the bar, all the coins, the pennies, the nickels, the dimes, and go home at, at probably, what, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night and count that money out while I was nodding off. Yeah. Then I learned, no, you keep 300 on the, on the bar. Oh, okay, okay. And first, uh, I think it was the first brunch or something, somebody ordered a, um, a rose, uh, asked if we had a, uh, a glass of rosé. You know, back way back then, rosé was very popular besides Mathus. Mathus, was it, uh, in yeah. that clay bottle? And I didn't have any rosé, so of course I just poured white and added some red wine to it. <laughs> this is very good, she said. How can I get get that? <laughs> I said, I don't know. We uh, we just tried a new supplier. So, um, and you took over the uh, the adult bookstore. Um, that, that allowed us to have tables for two. And you have a picture up there of the poster that advertised that. Now you can get a table for two at Gordon. So everybody had to, it was a four top. You had to go with another couple. Yeah, you had to get another couple. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, we don't have tables for two. You have to get another couple. Well, it sounds really arrogant, but it was just practical. I wouldn't put, I only had 60 seats. You had to make it on 60 seats and, and boy, did we ever. I'm sitting here in this opulent uh, <laughs> uh, heirloom sofa because that first $90,000 that we made in the first six months, I think I opened in July. By the end of the year, I had $90,000 profit and I invested it in a, in a, um, uh, employee benefit program. 
So that was a smart move 25 <laughs> years later. Yeah. Now, um, eventually you moved to a second location. What was the reason behind that? Well, Al Freeman had bought the, the Jerry's uh, hot dog stand that was on the corner across, across the street from the leather bar, which is called the Gold Coast. And he built a um, four-story building without an elevator and uh, encouraged me to move down there and expand. And, uh, you know, I really was limited by, even though with the expansion into the bookstore, I had 90 seats. And then we had a music lounge um, where we served overflow on, on the weekends. And, uh, and we needed more space. In fact, we had rented <coughs> the dirty, uh, the back of the, oh, we rented the back of where the dirty bookstore moved across the alley, which uh, that place became uh, uh, Lexander's. We rented so we could have the kitchen and we did all our prep in there because I didn't, well, you can imagine on a Friday, I didn't have a walk-in cooler. So we stuffed everything into a four-door uh, Herlick, uh, which on Friday, you had to stuff it in there to close the door. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how we made it, but you were asking what kind of food. Everything had a sauce, Michael, everything. And so very pretentiously, I would go down the line before we opened with a handful of spoons. <laughs> ah, very good, very good. Oh, needs a little salt. I don't know what the, I was talking about, but it, uh, it seemed to be uh, agreed upon by the chef, who was John Turzak at that time. So the same approach that you took to wine was... Oh, yes, oh yes. Well, this couple came in uh, and had a prime booth at uh, Eugene's and asked to have a wine to go with their... And my God, I don't know how this happened, uh, but um, uh, I ordered a Sauterne. That's an after, <laughs> after dinner Sauterne. Right. I don't know, I don't think it was Chateau Akim. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, it was terrible, terrible. But they loved it. Oh, this is really good. And I didn't think I'm anything about it. I'm sure it was all it. different for them, yeah. Yeah, 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 it sure is. I also got very thirsty uh, working. Uh, I wore that tuxedo out. And you work all those tables and do all that side, uh, side uh, table side service. Uh, I always had a moist uh, forehead. So anybody who didn't finish their wine, <laughs> excuse me, particularly their, their white wine or champagne, it went back to Captain Gordon. <laughs> so what was the crowd like at Gordon in that time when it was so popular? Well, now keep in mind, we opened in July. So the crowd was very... Uh, I don't know, maybe some of your viewers will remember Paul Glick, who was probably the number one hairstylist, or certainly in the top five in Chicago. And once, uh, and Paul was gay and knew the restaurant was opening as uh, every gay house uh, uh, hairdresser knew and sent their customers in there. That's where they all came from. So they were, they were from uh, Highland Park to um, 
uh, just the center of town. And uh, um, yeah, I think they were, we didn't, you know, there was only one magazine when I opened Gordon and that was Gourmet. So the food culture was much different there. And in Chicago, we only had, other than, uh, other than Eugene's and that Mon Petit, and we had A.B. Dick's uh, restaurants, and we had Louis Sathmeyer, who was teaching us how to cook a turkey inside of a paper bag. And, um, and so when Gordon opened with only Gourmet, and then Bon Appetit came on and gave us a nice uh, feature article or something in there. But the first really kickoff was by the Tribune no picture, and um, the article, I think it was in the Sunday paper, and it said, a little touch, a little touch of New York City. A little touch of New York City. Well, that was Gordon, so that uh, they came flying in after that. And I remember uh, when we opened, uh, when we had a brunch, and the Sunday Tribune had done a whole the whole front page of the <clears throat> of the food section on brunch restaurants and there with the pump room and all the famous places and there above the fold was Gordon. <laughs> well, you know, we're in there shining glasses and running around getting ready. And I went out to open the door and <clears throat> put a uh, open something on the blinds, let light in. I looked out, oh my God, there was a line outside. And I walked out and I said, uh, hi everyone. Uh, gee, I'm sorry, but if you don't have a reservation, we're, we're, we're totally booked. Oh, the, the groan was painful, but that's, uh, that's what it was. And on that same day, I was somehow behind the bar opening a bottle of champagne and, you know, you hold your thumb on it so the cork doesn't pop, whatever I didn't do. That cork popped up and hit the glass, square glass, vitrolite white glass ceiling. And that glass came trickling down into the ice bin. So you couldn't, you couldn't make any drink because you couldn't use the ice. So some busboy brought a tub of uh, ice from our our least uh, ice machine in the back, and um, we survived. So 20 some years, and then you decide to go out with a bang at, in 1999. Tell me about the last night. Well, um, you know, I was 65. I had bought myself a Bulgari gold watch in New York. I thought, you know, am I going to go on saying this way, please? <laughs> so, and also the restaurant uh, business was uh, shrinking. You know, the Sears Tower had moved out of town and that was a big business because all those buyers would come into Gordon. So that happened and uh, competition, you know, uh, Mike or uh, Rick Bayless opened up across the street with his uh, Frontier Grill and Topolabombo and all else that was going on in town. So I decided to uh, uh, close, uh, close. I didn't sell it. I had opportunities to sell it 
that would have been very nice to have, but I didn't need to have that money. And uh, also they all included my staying for a year and I didn't feel comfortable being a, a shill or working for someone else. So I, I said, uh, we're gonna close and uh, it was black tie. It was uh, a set menu and it was dancing and a, and a trio and uh, a singer. And um, uh, we really decorated for New Year's. We had gold lame hanging from all those draperies and white and um, white and silver balloons with uh, mylar, sparkling mylar uh, tethers hanging from them. We had hundreds of balloons. So the place just looked sparkling with the tethers, uh, the, the spotlights and Gordon that illuminated the, the curtains were all, <clears throat> were all uh, uh, focused on the glitter. And uh, so it, uh, it was a big night and uh, I wore my kilt. I said goodbye to everyone <laughs> and uh, everyone got a, uh, a Gordon, a Gordon plate. Do you have that? Do you have that? No, you don't have that. I have that. I could show it to you. It says the last great meal of the of the century was eaten off of this plate. And you also got a little white uh, flashlight. And it said on the side of it, Gordon, last one out, turns off the lights. And everyone got that. And it was a Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. So it was a wonderful uh, and exhausting night. We, we were set up with uh, tables even in the basement. Well, we called it the lower level. So um, what do you see as the influence that, uh, actually, before I ask a, a you know, summing up question like that, let's talk about people who worked at, at Gordon over the years. Uh, or at your other restaurants. Carrie Nabedian took over the space to make uh, the second space to be Naha. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about her. Uh, I didn't, was that a question? Yes, about Carrie. Well, she, she, uh, she ran my Garmanger in Lake Forest at Sinclair's where, where uh, Norman Van Aken was the chef. So I brought them down to, to uh, I, I brought Carrie down. Well, first uh, I brought Norman down to Sinclair's Ocean Grill in Jupiter, Florida. And then uh, after, after Norman finished that gig, he went back to uh, uh, Key West and uh, went into business and he's authored several books and uh, right still uh, uh, still speaks nicely of me um yeah i mean he's sort of you know he's the the father of you know new florida cuisine um yes and did you so you had a bit of that here when he was working for you no i can't say i did i, I wouldn't know how to explain new florida cuisine other than <laughs> yeah. a lot of a lot of red snapper yeah um no, he was very good. Uh, of all the chefs I had, he certainly, uh, well, he wasn't a chef at Gordon, but um, he was easy to work with and a, and a gentleman. Um, 
I can't say that about some, but I will speak of others because a couple have died in traffic, uh, in accidents or health or whatever. So I can speak about a few of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know one who's passed away is Keith Korn. Yes, he, he uh, passed away in a driving somebody's borrowed Corvette out in the East Coast. He was a lot of fun and his food was good. His chowders were excellent. He was, uh, he was fun. He was uh, very lively and uh, didn't steal too much, but I learned after from those who knew uh, he was going out the back door with some of my steaks. <laughs> but I did have an honest uh, uh, bartender at Gordon for many, many years. And, uh, and uh, I was, I actually was very naive. I, I didn't, I trusted everyone. I didn't, uh, I didn't suspect I wasn't, uh, I, I guess I was just oblivious. You know, when you're running something by the seat of your pants, you sometimes just have to breathe to keep alive. Right. <laughs> um, and then there was a kid named Charlie Trotter who got kind of got his start. What, what, what was that name again? Charlie Trotter. Oh, yes, yes, Chuck. yes. Chuck yes, Trotter. that, yeah, that, uh, that, uh, Tumblr, uh, no, not Tumblr. He was a, uh, he did the uh, Palma, the Palma and the uh, parallel bars. And yeah, he was an athlete. Uh -huh. Well, uh, he was a busboy at Sinclair's when Norman and, and uh, Carrie were in the kitchen. And uh, I, I didn't know him and certainly didn't know him as Charlie Trotter. I don't even think I knew him, knew him as Charlie. I don't think I knew him. And um, I had people working for me, and I have to confess, they worked for me for many years <clears throat> as a busboy or not a waiter, but as a, a back waiter or something. Or even employees in the case. I didn't know their name. I wish now that I had spent the uh, time that I did when I lived in Mexico for five years, I would have had a great appreciation and would have been more attuned to speaking some Spanish and uh, but I, I, I was always nice to them, particularly when I taught the uh, non-English speaking uh, Mexican dishwashers. Who, I love doing that because I love dishwashing. It's just such a wonderful Zen experience of everything so dirty and grimy and coming out so beautiful and clean. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'm a, I'm am an authority on how to wash dishes. First of all, you have to teach your staff to scrape the garbage and stack them according to salad dishes, entree dishes, and and uh, then we teach the dishwasher. You don't load those racks with just anything. You keep all di dinner plates all uh, so when they come out, you take out the hot dinner plates. You bring them to the to the line and they go out hot. Because we had a great turnover in in China. So you new restaurateurs out there, you have to have three, three uh, inventories, one, one in the kitchen, <clears throat> one, um, and, and two in the, um, and two in the storage room. So you had to have backups. And uh, I learned that. I learned, uh, I learned a lot, particularly after uh, the, the Garmanche person in the original Gordon didn't show up, so I called my cleaning lady who was working at my apartment, my, my apartment on uh, Fullerton, 
uh, and said, come down here, I need your help. And she came in, she of course didn't know anything, but I had to have somebody and she got mixed up between the, the, uh, uh, the salad dressing, which is a, a mustard vinaigrette and the uh, creme anglaise. The creme anglaise one lunch went out on the salads and nobody complained. That's new American cuisine to me. Well, that's that Gordon new stuff, you know. <laughs> oh, isn't it All shameful? Right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's okay. go to some questions. Do people have questions? And in fact, I have a question. Go for it, Kathy. Okay. Yes, Kathy. So, so, uh, did you own a farm out in Marengo area? Well, I owned a farm in McHenry County uh, in Harvard. So I used to tell my customers on Saturday night when I, I would leave to go to the farm after the last seeding in Gordon, mm -hmm. saying I was I was going to Harvard this weekend. Oh, that's cute. So here's going my Going back question. to Harvard. I, I made that so they thought, I God, he must be, a, is he a Harvard graduate? <laughs> Well, I remember reading about your farm and that some yes. of the things were grown to be used in your restaurant. Oh, yeah. We and grew, I was uh, all the organics. Yes. Yes. It was wonderful. There's nothing, nothing better than a Gordon organic tomato, one of seven, seven colors, colors of tomatoes, the yellow, the, the black, the red, etc. And um, and some fresh uh, arugula and uh, corn on the cob. Oh, come on, $8 I got for that dish of Gordon tomatoes, sliced tomatoes. We cut the skin, we, we uh, dipped them in hot water and took the skins off. That was a Gordon-esque sort of thing. <laughs> you don't want people to get their, their, their gums. Well, you can't chew, a, you can't chew, chew a skin of a tomato and when I would turn those tomatoes under for the for the fall, that spring those skins were still there. Oh, I believe that. So they here's didn't. yeah. Here, here, here's the, the the question in addition to that you had the farm. It's a pet theory of mine, and and I could be totally wrong. But you know, a lot of these farmers that are now you know feeding into the different farmers markets are from Marengo and Harvard and that area yes. and I was wondering if you were perhaps an influencer in getting them to come into the Chicago market I can't answer that I don't know um, you know it was sort of a breathless pursuit to do that picking on Monday and Tuesday and then drive in I would take Sunday and Monday off in the restaurant and uh, come in on Tuesday with all the, in my station wagon, all that fresh stuff. And um, it was, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know, because although I did deliver some things to Charlie, uh, I couldn't keep up with it and I couldn't, I could only deliver once a week. So you need to have steady, uh, steady purveyors and, uh, I wasn't looking to make that a business. No, I was just wondering if some of the neighbor farms under, observed what you were doing and thought, you know, going to the Chicago market might be something to do. Well, I never know the impact, uh, 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 Kathy, because, you know, when I was in the 
they did a feature on me in the uh, Chicago Tribune with big colored pictures of me on a tractor and the, the picture of the house and the, and a swimming pool and the tennis court and whatever. Well, people were driving by on the weekends like a place to go and <laughs> there he is. Hey, there he is in the hat. <laughs> Straw hat. So I thought I better get my bib. You became a tourist on. attraction. I better get my bib overalls on and make this uh, 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 more believable. <laughs> yeah, something that if I may Ooh, just break it one warm second. in here. Sure, sure. What you did, Gordon, at the farm, we'd go to Farm and Fleet and buy overalls and those big work boots, those big yellow work boots. And that's what you would dress up in at the farm. Because people were there, people would drive by, but you literally yes. bought the out you literally bought the outfits because we went shopping for them. And then they turned yes. into a very, and then the boots that you wore on the farm turned into a group of people from Chicago that frequent Aspen started wearing them for their outbreak ski boots, and it turned very fast. <laughs> oh, oh, the impact that man! Yes, had. the impact you had. That's just one off. And, and people did, they loved the farm because they thought there was so much coming in from the farm to the restaurant. And that was very new back then. The only other person yeah. doing that was Burton Burnley. I think I was the first to do that. I but, think um, uh, I, I sent you all a list of the first of Gordon because we were the first to do half portions. In fact, uh, oh, the, the staff hated it. They thought all their tips are gonna be cut in half because people would only ask, uh, order a half a portion, but instead, excuse me, they ordered a half fish and a half lamb. So the ticket averages actually went up. And uh, then everyone thought I was a, a, a great uh, prophet. Um, but uh, I like to eat that way. I like to, when I go out back in the old days, when I uh, would go out, I would order all, only off, off the appetizer list. I didn't want an entree. I didn't want that much. I wanted a little this and a little of that. So, um, and I still eat that way. Mm -hmm. As you can see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mike, it's Ina. Mike, it's Ina. Can I have a second? Sure. Gordon, it's Ina. And I want you to know Paul Gordon. Hi, darling. Ina. The Paul breakfast queen? <laughs> you know, you came into my restaurant one day and you were sitting at table 12 and you saw me come up the aisle and you got down on one knee and you said, your highness. Oh, I don't think so. Yes, I don't you, did. That. you did. You did? Yeah, trust me. I took a picture of it because oh, I was- Oh, what was not... I drinking? What was well, I, I drinking? What, what did you goose me up with? I wasn't sure you'd be able to get up. That was why but I took you the sound, picture. <laughs> you sound like a 25-year-old co-ed. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk to you. So I want uh, you to know a couple things. I felt yes. so glamorous when I came to Gordon. I mean, it was it was so elegant. It just made you feel better than you had felt in any other restaurant. But mostly what I learned from you was hospitality. There was something about that restaurant that made you feel like you were the only one that mattered. Oh, and so that nice. was a sense of hospitality that is missing in so many places, but you definitely set the standard. So thanks, my friend. Oh, thank you. It's wonderful to uh, hear you. I can't see anything because this light is uh, well, in my just, eyes. Trust me, I look great. 
Oh, you're fabulous at wherever you are. <laughs> Thank you, darling. I'm so happy to see you. Thank you. All right. So there's a question in the chat that I think this is an important issue that we need to get to the bottom of. Did you think up the idea of crushed ice in the urinal? That seems like something that's existed in restaurants. No, I didn't have uh, I didn't have urinals. Okay. No, what I did have because I didn't, you know, in opening Gordon, I yeah, I was huffing and puffing. I didn't know what I was doing, but uh, I didn't have a sign that said uh, male and female. So the, the bathrooms were just there, and they were painted out in white, semi-gloss, fabulous. And that first night we opened, somebody wrote on the wall. And I, that, that next day I covered, painted it over and covered it up. And then the weekend it got hit. And then I just forgot it. And it became, the bathrooms became um, a, a, graffiti, a, a graffiti university. You could go in there and read things in the first uh, in the first going because it changed after after the politics changed in the war of the Vietnam and uh, there are two things I remember that in my that written on the wall that I think still make me giggle today. One was Jimmy Hoffa, call your office, <laughs> <laughs> and the the other one. The other one was, I'm eight inches long and three inches wide. Are you interested? And somebody wrote after, how big is your penis? <laughs> That's all, folks. <laughs> Ina says, writing on the wall was the first Twitter. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. I never thought of that. Yes, I guess it was. So it began, but then, uh, then I painted it all out. And when I started again, and when I moved to 500, it, uh, it wasn't nice. It was mean. And, uh, so I didn't have, well, I had uh, just that, uh, <clears throat> that pine wood that had been, uh, uh the surface in, um, in Gordon, uh, Gordon number two. And, um, and I had copper sinks and I uh, closed just in time because because <laughs> the Mexican responsible for cleaning the copper sink was using something abrasive and it began to wear right through the, the copper sink uh. in the last week of our of our aliveness. All right, so uh, Judith Hines has a question. I see that it's this is a, a burning question. Someone else brought it up too. The artichoke fritters. What's the story of the famous artichoke fritters? Well, yes, that was John Terzak, and they used to cost three ninety, no, two ninety five. Yeah. It was um, the trick to making those fritters is that one, you 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 take the artichoke in a can of artichoke fritters, but you have to get the water squeezed out of them. They have to, because if you keep the water, it's got to get the water out because when you put them in the hot oil, if there's so much water in the artichoke, it will, it will expand and they won't be crispy. 
So, and then a good Bernays sauce. So we were making Bernays sauce all night long. Boy, in the summer, it wasn't until I got one of those, one of those that would save it. I forget what you call it, but boy, that saved. I think it was, God, it was even a chargeable, so I didn't have a cord on it, but I could get the Bernays sauce back. Yeah, everybody loved them and you couldn't, you couldn't make the price higher they still would buy them. Same with the chocolate cake. Because when you're running a restaurant, you don't want everyone to order the same thing. You want them to order all the desserts. Right. So I remember when I increased the price, excuse me, of the flourless chocolate cake that had a dollop of unsweetened uh, whipped cream. I think I moved it from 650 to 850. And that doesn't seem like anything now, but back then, I remember my manager saying, oh, God, you, nobody will buy them at that price. <laughs> oh, God, they sold more. <laughs> nobody, because, you know, when you went to Gordon and your next day, you tell your your friends that you went to Gordon, they'll say, oh, did you have the artichoke fritters? <laughs> or did you have the flourless chocolate cake? Yeah. What else was, uh, were the the draws that people always wanted to have? Well, those two things uh, were primary. I don't think, uh, you know, just the flourless chocolate cake and the artichoke fritters. So for 24 years, I served both of those items. Yeah. And the worst thing that happened to me in my career, one of the worst, was when at a, what was it? The city of Chicago, Taste of Chicago. Well, I hadn't participated in, in it until the time that I did. And then um, we designed a beautiful all white floor, white, and um, uh, we were doing the flourless chocolate cake. But then the Chicago food inspectors came by and said, you can't keep that, you can't keep that uh, cake out here. You have to put that in a cooler. Do you know what happens when you put, (laughs) I didn't know that it would be this bad, but we put them in, in the back of the refrigerated truck that we'd brought everything down in. And that, I, I remember I gave somebody a piece and they took a bite and over the trash, they spit it out and put it in the trash. You can't eat a, a, after it's refrigerated, just becomes congealed. Mm. It's, uh, well, I, I, I regret that that happened. I, I should have, I should not have done what they asked. I should have been uh, arrested instead. That would have been good for publicity. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Anyone? Gordon, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, if this doesn't end soon, I'm going to be drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Gordon, I have a question. Your parties, you used to um, get professional uh, costumes, like from the Lyric Opera and the ballet. Well, well that's when special, we did the- special parties. Can you talk about that? Maybe what was your favorite? Well, we did, I, 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 that's, a, that's an interesting thing, but nobody knows about that unless you were there that night because no member of the press was at Gordon on uh, New Year's Eve or on, no, on our, on our anniversary. So, on the um, on our twenty, let me see, twenty three, twenty 
Oh, on the 20, 22nd, 2-2, they had me uh, doing uh, La Dame Tutu L'Amour okay. in four and a half minutes of Swan Lake with the London Symphonic Orchestra yeah. and Gordon uh, doing uh, uh, the Swan with three dancers in their fabulous silver and white um, uh, nutcracker suite, uh, nutcracker uh, ballet outfits. They look fabulous with the silver epaulets. And, and um, so she danced. Oh God, was that a terror? I thought I was, my mouth was so dry, I thought I'd swallow my tongue. And I had a tattoo that they had stuffed chicken feathers into. So when I came out of the kitchen, which was the stage, and I had a, I could only dance on the uh, on a carpet. I couldn't dance on the floor. And, and I was in. I thought I could do this. All this. Can you imagine? I thought I could do this in toe shoes. But uh, and I was. I had a pair of them on. I couldn't even stand up with my arms around two people. <clears throat> so I did in ballet slippers and. Uh, it was very, very, very difficult because I couldn't remember what was next, you know, all the, in the four and a half minutes, but somehow I did the night before and, and not a lot of people wanted their picture taken with me, but when I became Queen Elizabeth the first on the, uh, to be or not to be, that is the anniversary to three or not to be. So it was the 23rd. I was Queen Elizabeth I, and that you know that that uh, gown that had fifty pounds of leaded whatever it was. It was a, really heavy. I was Queen Elizabeth I. I had a, a hair with uh, the the uh, the um, hair salon did little circles in it, like she had with pearls hanging in those little crevices, and I uh, came out as uh, uh, to Knight Gordon. Sir Gordon, this this uh, Scottish restaurateur, and um, we had a throne and a velvet background, and she uh, she came out to the uh, the trumps uh, blaring and uh, ladies and gentlemen, please rise, Her Royal Majesty Queen Elizabeth the first. Oh, hell, it was, she got in the throne and then uh, she knighted Gordon, who was one of my waiters who came up from the back, so they couldn't tell it wasn't me. And um, <laughs> she she um, then got up and uh, after knighting me and, and the music uh, from the trumpets uh, blaring, it went into, uh, who was it, uh, singing uh, Dancing Queen dancing queen. So uh, everyone wanted to have the picture taken with the queen. And the queen's uh, lady in waiting was a black, a black person who handed out uh, in her little basket, she handed everyone a sucker. Uh, Gail Gand has a question. Uh, Gail Gand? Yes. Oh, hi, Gail. She asked about the Obama's engagement at Gordon, which I did not know about. Oh, I forgot. Oh, yes, yes. Well, they sat at, uh, at table 40 
which was a show table. I did not know he was who he was because he wasn't who he is. Um, he was a senator from in Illinois state. So, but they were a very attractive, very attractive couple. I, I was uh, I was very impressed. I didn't know who he was, and I did. I don't even remember. I don't think I even went to the table for. I, I, at least I don't remember it. Even though I, 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 it wasn't because I would be intimidated. It was maybe because the, each time I was free to do that, their mouth was full. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, she mentioned it in her book. I'm just reading. Uh, I'm just reading his book. Uh, I thought it was here, but it's it's in the other room. Um, um, which is wonderful. 900 pages of really well written. He's a good storyteller, well written. And um, yeah, I've even had uh, my eyes water up uh, and I'm only 150 pages in. Okay. Um, any other questions? And then I think we'll finish this up before Gordon has too much more of his champagne. There's never too much champagne. I, I can tell of a really funny experience. Um, I was with a young family, my family at the time in the very early 80s and the youngest of three children was just trying to read. And Gordon was standing quite nearby looking magnificently dapper when my son said very audibly for the whole restaurant, what are shit cake mushrooms? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and where is he today? He is a surgical veterinarian uh, in Minnesota, but we oh. tell that story so much. Oh. And you were absolutely gallant I mean, you acted like, well, everyone says that. <laughs> I don't remember. Yes, I'm, I'm told stories uh, no matter where I go in the world. Somehow I've always run into somebody who, who uh, yes, yes, that's Gordon, I am. And uh, amazing stories, just wonderful and amazing stories. We have to remember the people who came into Gordon in 1976, with their credit cards. And um, I didn't take credit cards actually when I first opened Gordon. I only took cash until Neiman Marcus came in. What was his name? Not Neiman Marcus. Was it Marcus? Anyhow, Richard, Richard Marcus? Anyhow, he said, uh, uh, Gordon, you, need to, you have to take credit cards. So I did. I do what they tell me to. And uh, of course, it was true. I should take credit cards. I don't know what possessed me there, but I didn't have the, you know, I didn't get around to having the uh, setup. But you have to have, you know, you had to, you had to scan those cards and and send in all those chits. And all right, well, thank you for for talking with us, and thanks to everyone who attended. And I suppose the check is in the mail. And the check is in the mail. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you. you for, thank you for having such a glamorous restaurant, Gordon. Thank you. you. You're welcome. And people did show up to Gordon for the fritters and for you. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Thank you, Ma. Good night, babe. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. All right. Okay, I'm off. Thank you, Gordon. You're welcome, darling. It's Gail. It's Gail. Hi. Oh, Gail, I, where are you? I didn't want to interrupt. Well, on my screen, I'm, you know, top, right at the top, but I don't know where I am in your screen. Can you see me? Can you see yeah, me? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah. Oh, I'm good. in Chicago. How do I look? So. How do I, look? I, I was wondering if you had blush on. You look terrific. You look Actually, very healthy. I am blushing. I'm blushing because I've had, uh, and let me see, how much of this bottle? Oh, I've, I'm, I've beyond the half. I'm so proud of you. Thank you, darling. <laughs> I love you. Great to see you. I love you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Bye. Thanks for doing this. I can't believe you don't have a flute with your Moet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't drink out of flutes anymore, darling. I do. <laughs> no, no, this is the glass. This you can't is the get shape. enough. You can't get the enough in them. That's no, you can't get enough in the flute. But the reason we changed to this is so you could smell it. And uh, I read that somewhere. It wasn't in Women's Wear Daily. I don't read that anymore. But this is the shape. I don't remember where I got those, but I have plenty of them because I broke one to begin with tonight. Gail Gang. Oh, my. I'm so happy to see you. You look fabulous. You, you look like... You look like uh, somebody coming out of first year of college. Uh, yeah, I look like a child. I, I can't get a haircut because of COVID. Um, is <laughs> it, are those Riedel? <laughs> yeah, you don't need one. Is your, are your glasses Riedel? Is that what that is? Oh, no, I don't have anything expensive. Oh, That's okay. Charlie Trotter. No, no, no. <laughs> Although I used to have, and I have cases of them in storage, those Libby glasses <laughs> that, <laughs> had a, that had that lip on them, you know, the lips so you didn't break them. Well, and, and you could sugar them much better. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. Wide. Well, we know a lot of things, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm afraid so. Now let's see what I look like when I turn this light out. All right, I'm oh. gonna sign off and go take care of my kids. Okay, how old are they? Um, there's six, well, Gio's 25, but I don't oh take care God. of him. I don't take care of him anymore, but my twins are 16. And oh, fabulous. One is in France for the year, going to school there. Oh, wonderful. Not even here, but she can go like to school in a building there. And the one that's here is remote and just in her bedroom. Oh, how wonderful. <laughs> um, gee, I have a friend, I have a cousin who is in uh, Paris as a, uh, Oh, bear. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She's been there for a couple of years. Uh, she changed her name, her last name to Sinclair and from Emmerich. Oh. Emmerich. Where is <laughs> My sister's name, last name when she got married. In the fridge. Well, it's been a pleasure, everyone. Thank I'll you. Sign off and say good night. Thank you for giving us your evening. We appreciate it. Thank you, Gordon. Thank I'm you. Since high school. So <laughs> enjoyed it, Gordon. The giant hand comes in. Oh, here I am. I'm trying to figure out how I turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, you're still talking. I can't figure out how to. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing left. I've got, I, you know, I have a food sensitivity problem and I'm itching from something I ate. 
and uh, plus I'm sweating because of the champagne and 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 the, and the grueling you all did. <laughs> you did everything but waterboard me. <laughs> okay, I guess that. There we go. All right. Thank you. Good night.